All right. So we're live. I'm Raul Ramirez with the Catch Wrestling Alliance, where we help you elevate your grappling. And together we keep real wrestling alive. And so we're here with a very special guest, the author of Milagro. Let me try to make sure you can see it well enough where, yeah, the it's not glaring, right? So Milagro, Héroe de las Calles. Yeah. So we're here with Guillermo Zegarra. Um, so welcome. How's it going, Raul? It's going well. So for people who who maybe like are already subscribed to us or have been have known us for a little while, uh, Guillermo had been on here was it like last year, a few months ago. Do you know? Yeah, I, I was actually on here when this funded. Yes. So that's exactly what I was going to say. So it's like when so so what happened was <laughs> is you had an or actually you go, go ahead and tell us because it basically it led up to. Uh, us working together, and then, um, then having a crowdfunding campaign to get this graphic novel out. Yeah. So um, the creator of the character Max Strackbine, he came up with the idea. He got myself and Ross Radke together as a team. I he gave me about seven prompts. Um, you know, things like the character doesn't talk you know, death in the ring, which you kind of see in the first part of it. Um, but there were some prompts given and, and then he just let me go and come up with the story and the themes and, and pretty much run the direction that I wanted to go in. So originally we were going to try to shop it around, but we just decided to crowdfund it. Uh, it was the first time Matt and I crowdfunded anything. Uh, Ross crowdfunded a kaiju series called Stumped before, and it's actually He's in the middle of a crowdfunding thing now. So if any of you guys like his art, please go support him. But um, anyway, we, we yeah, we started, I think it was like four days in. While it was on with you, we actually got funded, which was pretty wild. I had no idea. I didn't, I didn't even know if we were going to get funded, much less get funded in less than a week. Yeah, I was, I was your lucky charm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back too, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, my pleasure. So uh, just my involvement was that um, you actually wanted to incorporate like realistic, like catch wrestling into the mm -hmm. into the main character, Milagro. Can you tell us about that? So I don't really have, you know, I've trained some jujitsu, a little bit of judo, JKD, like MMA kind of stuff, boxing, kickboxing, but I've never really wrestled. And it's, uh, it's a shame because we had a really good wrestling program in jersey where i grew up but um i didn't wrestle and wrestling was like the one thing that i know the least about um i had some manuals and some ideas and and some moves but i didn't know like about the transitions and there were like things that i was doing from like a jujitsu perspective you know from the bottom position compared to like the stuff that you teach with like the rolls and everything and like controlling the hand just you know stuff that I wasn't really used to. So yeah, I asked you specifically, um, I guess it's okay to give away spoilers, right? Up to you. <laughs> well, there's, okay, there's specific moves in there. There's a specific move that you helped mm -hmm. us with. It's a very, um, you know, it's funny. It, it, it's a move that people say doesn't work, but I've seen it in a couple of like grappling matches and MMA matches. And you showed exactly how it would work using like you know control and wrestling principles and all those kinds of things it's like a, a classic kind of showy catch kind of move yeah yeah no and, and um what's really cool is that uh it's so, so we have we actually someone who's um already commented this uh handle pelon um so he's waiting for his copy so uh yeah we don't want to give too much away but it's really well um drawn so it's really well illustrated right so uh, you can actually see how the techniques work and like, and then not only like how they work or how they're applied, but then how you can follow through. And that was one of the things that I, that I definitely wanted to see in that. Cause sometimes even in movies, actually, especially in movies where it's like, they have a choreographed fight scene and then like the, the, the angle is like switching like all over the place really fast and you can't quite understand what's going on. But um, these fight scenes, in this graphic novel, which is really cool because it is just there on the on the page, but it's well directed so that you can actually see and understand what's going on. 
Well, first of all, thank you. Um, and I will not give too much away. Thank you for anyone who helped support us. Um, yeah, I had access to a lot of fighting manuals and then you made like a video for us for this one particular technique. And then I just borrowed from a bunch of your videos, like your series on escaping the bottom. Um, I borrowed from that and just kind of had this back and forth battle. Plus I threw in moves, specific moves, more like high flying, high amplitude moves that all came from real fights. You know, there's like four classic fights that I borrowed from techniques that I borrowed from that were included in like the climactic fight scene in the middle of it. But catch was definitely like a part of it. I had different, you know, different boxing styles. You know, I had more like a Philly shell and, and more just like a classic like guard. Um, there were a lot of little different things. You know, one of the main characters is left handed and the attacks come from the other side that you, you probably picked up on that. Mm -hmm. um yeah there's different aspects of the story that um that all tied together and, and just put a lot of research and i've always been a a fan of like fight comics and like um and just like you know martial arts movies and things and wanted to get as much of that in the book as possible yeah and i think that's what's special about it too because like what we're seeing so I, I i can only speak about what i see around la but um say like last year the that movie for that the anime demon slayer from you know the japanese anime for, for people who don't know it uh, it's a japanese uh animation uh, that came from a japanese comic book and it was like the number one movie in the united states and in la like the train our our, our you know mass transit uh had demon slayer like all over the train it was really cool because it was about it was a movie about a uh, haunted train and um so a lot of Latinos are, I think, really into this. But then even from what I've seen in like some of the reporting where it's like around the world, there's there's like a shift away from like these big time uh, superhero type uh, people with like superpowers and all that. Like, you know, just, so there's a shift away from people wanting to just read about about that to like more realistic or at least more story based uh, like like well stories <laughs> and so i think milagro is, falls into this category where it's not like someone's superpowers but it's an actual person dealing with real problems and it's uh so it does have a mix of like so you have like the fighting stuff right conflict but you also have like the familial and um, you know like the community aspect is is there um Kind of like something about the story that you can kind of tell or at least tell people about the foundation to kind of maybe get them interested in uh, reading the rest of the story the familial stuff i mean like we all have our conflicts with our families you know and latino families tend to be really close and a lot of times the conflicts can be loud um you know and and go on for long periods of time so i, I wanted to capture some of that in the story um there's an aspect of strong female characters that I write about. And, you know, like I, I think about like my mother, my wife, you know, people that I've known, my, my best friend, you know, all these strong women that I've been around. And, and I kind of wanted to make sure that there were elements of that. Um, the community thing is, it was really important. There, we, we dealt a lot with poverty. I didn't want to get too preachy on anything, but I mean, the, the poverty is part of the story. You know, being down and down on your luck, hard times is definitely like part of the story. And, and redemption is really what the story is about in a lot of ways. Redemption for the individuals involved, redemption for the community. You know, the, the, the way the story ends, you can kind of see where the, the road to redemption leads. You know, after everything that happens to them, like where it starts in the ring and it just kind of gets... It gets kind of crazy from there, you know. We're way out of the ring by the time we get towards the end of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it starts off as Milagro is a pro wrestler. Or can, can you tell us about at least uh, how much of that? Can at least how much of the beginning? Can you tell us so people kind of understand what who the story is about? So Milagro is a character that Matt came up with. Matt Strackbine developed this character early two thousand seven. We came up with some backstories and some things but one of the things that uh, one of the prompts that matt gave me was he wanted a death in the ring um that was like one of the first things that he said and 
So I made it like a mentor death in the ring, you know, um, um, I'm trying to figure out how, how much to reveal. So in my world, one of the things that I allude to that I really want to explore and if we get a chance to do more mm -hmm. is this, this world, like in, in my, in Milagro, what happened in Japan where wrestling kind of more like stiff style wrestling morphed into like MMA happens in Mexico. You know, um, something happens with Lucha Libre where there's like a stiff style of Lucha Libre that incorporates like catch wrestling and different martial arts, different grappling styles, just kind of what happened in Japan. Um, so they kind of do this like high flying kind of stiff style thing that's uh, that's a part of the story. Um, and it starts off with a death in the ring. He kills his mentor in the ring and he's homeless. Meanwhile, some um, there's some gang activity in the town that has some history behind it. And he's essentially coming back to help with what's going to happen in the town. Yeah, All right, that, that, that's a great uh, like a foundation setting there. So uh, I think so hopefully that's enough for people to get interested in the story and like trying to find out what happens because it's already like a very interesting like backstory that that is actually the beginning of of the graphic novels. So that's what you see first. So I think we're not giving away too much, right? No, you can you can go to the Kickstarter and see like the first five pages. You can see the whole opening match. This image in the background is like part of a, you know, it's the image of a German suplex with the guy inverted in his head, his heels over his head. You know, you can totally see that and read the, get the idea for the story, what, or at least the opening part of the story from the Kickstarter. Yes. And so that kick, so for people who don't know, the Kickstarter was successful. And so now you can actually buy it. So that's why I have a, the actual physical copy in my hand, right? So uh, actually I wanted to let, let people know that in the description box uh, below is the link to actually buy the, the the you know buy the this graphic novel so it, it should be there let us know if it's not because uh we'll definitely direct you to that link yeah rossradke.com the uh the incredible artist that's really put these fight sequences and and really kind of just went all out you know putting this thing together yeah, yeah and it looks great and at least from my perspective um it, i think it definitely leaves or it should leave the the reader wanting more so i think this is a really great start so hopefully oh, wow. it can just continue yeah I, I would love to do more i have so many ideas there's there were deliberate seeds that were planted that i didn't want to sorry i don't know if you heard that <laughs> um it's a little noisy sometimes um yeah there were there were seeds that were planted for future storylines there are things that i wanted to explore there were things that were just shown quickly over like a couple panels mm -hmm. um that i definitely want to jump into and actually one of the last i would say like the i think it's the last panel in the second to last page of the book um sets up the next storyline mm -hmm. if we get a chance to do more okay great. well what kind of oh go ahead well it was just it was something that ross it was a choice that ross made artistically and it was something that i'd noticed and it just kind of kept kicking around in my head and that is going to lead to the next storyline like there's something about that image in that last image but well, what how um how has like now that Milagro is out, how has it been received? Like, what kind of, um, like, what kind of feedback are you getting from the public? So far, the feedback's been good. Uh, people seem to really like it on different levels. You know, people like the characters. Um, a lot of like martial arts guys like the fighting sequences. You know, a, a lot of Latinos appreciate seeing people that look like them and and their families and their friends and their communities in there too. You know. Um, I'm not Mexican, but I wanted to make sure that I honored Mexican culture, you know, and as, as best as I possibly could. And Ross made it a point to draw the characters like people. He didn't want like any sombreros, any caricatures, no, nothing like that. You know, he, he gave the characters the respect and the time that they deserved. And that's another aspect that I've heard that uh, that people seem to like about it. Um, so far, the, the reception has been good. We've been really fortunate. You know, and uh, I, I just hope we get to do another. 
Yeah. Is like how long until you find out whether or not that could happen? No idea. Matt, um, Matt recently moved. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, he's going to be working on some things for a little while. And I think he's got another project coming up. Ross is already on to stunt. Um, I'm, I'm writing like short stories for now. Um, like solar, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the genre of solar punk. Uh, punks on the sun. <laughs> uh, solar punk is a genre. It's like the opposite of like cyberpunk. The last mm. page of Milagro really alludes to solar punk, right? Like uh, a lot of solar punk is like uh, technology, like renewable technology integrated with nature, like a lot of like, you know, echo homes and those kinds of mm. things. And like mm -hmm. what that world could be like, or, you know, a lot of the stories like are things leaning towards that or leading towards that world or like issues within that world. There was a really cool one called uh, Zabala Goes West in like an anthology or Zabala Dreams of the West. This one anthology about like the Mayans, like if they or their civilization was able to continue, like what would their technology be like, their religion, their culture, like just really cool kind of, uh, it, it, it's a really cool movement, but I'm writing right now, I'm, I'm working on stories for that. And uh, that last page of Milagro is uh, is definitely like a tribute to like a solar punk world. Oh, awesome! Awesome. Um, do you uh, publish on your through your own website or anything? Or is there any way? No, I'm gonna try it? to submit them, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, if yeah. if you know, I, I always uh, think that, like I said, since this was like self published, it'd be great uh, to get your stuff out there, also, even if you have to self publish it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, the thing that I'm going to actually submit it to, there's a solar punk magazine that was uh, crowdfunded on Kickstarter. So, you know, they take submissions, they have people that read them and decide if they get published or whatever. But that's, yeah, that's essentially what I'm going for is like another, I'm trying to get in with like another self-published entity, you know? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, actually, I want people to know that besides the graphic novel in I'm not giving away the story or anything like that, but in the back, they actually give a lot of bonuses. So a lot of bonus materials about like how they put the story together, uh, different uh, design uh, elements that they worked on. So you actually get a lot of really cool extra stuff so when, if you get your copy. So pretty awesome stuff. And then you can see, uh, let me see, see your face there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so th it's not just the graphic novel. You actually get a bunch of extra things uh, in the in the, your hard copy. So the link is below to to get that. Yeah, we wanted to make sure we we kept room for that when we were trying to shop this around. We wanted to have like meet all the parameters for like like create uh, creators that didn't really have any kind of reputation. So like. 22 pages, 50 words per panel, kind of spread the panels out, not too many pages with too many panels, use it more like an effect. And um, so we did that. So we, the, the story is like 66 pages. I believe the book itself is like 88. So there's a bunch of extra stuff at the end that these guys all put together. And I, I think the art, you know, even if people don't like the characters or the story, the art just speaks for itself. Yeah, I agree. And that, that's the thing. It's like, that's one of the ways to be able to see like the quality of the storytelling. It's like when you don't necessarily have to pack this, the, the page with so much, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's visual storytelling. And one of the highest forms of visual storytelling is just to let the pictures tell the story, whether it's like silent film or just long sequences in comic books with like little to no dialogue or whatever, just letting the pictures and the images just tell the story itself. Yeah, and I think you guys did that really well here. Um, so, oh, man, I was gonna say like, so you're talking about like the solar punk stuff. Is there any other like influences that you put into Milagro? And I know you meant, we were talking about cat wrestling obviously, cause it's our, it's, this is, you're on the cat wrestling channel, right? But, oh, but yeah. But any other influences uh, on Milagro? Um, community is one that I really want to explore more, more of. You know, there, there's a whole mythology. Like we, there's there's a training sequence in there in like a gym, right? And I have like a whole thing around that gym, like a whole story idea and storyline around the gym. The character that's in mid suplex, his name is El Oso, the bear. 
I have a whole storyline about how he got that name and what that name signifies. Um, there, there's just a ton of storylines that, that I want to explore more of as time goes on. You know, there, there's a bunch of side characters in the story that, um, that have significant storylines. And I want to explore some of those, you know, as time goes on. But we'll, we'll see, you know, Matt, Matt settling down. And so far, the reception's been good. Those guys are really busy. Ross is doing Stomp now, and who knows what he has planned afterwards. Um, a big reason why we're able to get this done was because it fit into Ross's schedule. He actually had a project kind of fall through, and he ended up having time to do Milagro. Um, he's, he's in pretty high demand, you know, and, and was even before this, I, I think this is just going to make him more in demand. Mm. All right. Well, hopefully this can continue. And that's the thing. It's like, it sounds like you already like at it, you already have a lot of the elements of a great story. Right. And so, and since, and that's part of it, right. Where, uh, like you, if you have all these backstories that you already know, and you already kind of have them, like have them fleshed out already, then it's, uh, that that those are all the elements so hopefully it can continue yeah you know one of, one of the backstories is is the creation of the art itself like the training that they did and how it all came together and how milagro was able to know all these different arts and and how this place trained like catch wrestling and wrestling in general you know different styles of wrestling different styles of grappling you know just like in japan they would have access to karate guys boxing Mexico has such a rich history of boxing on its own. Like why, you know, that could definitely be an element to the story and there could be characters based around that. There's, there's so many different ways that, um, that I hope we get to go with this, you know? Yeah. Well, so now we'll go ahead and ask like more of a personal perspective than, uh, so you liked having Milagro be more of a catch wrestling based fighter. So mm -hmm. what, like, why do you think catch wrestling is a, a good foundation for like not only sport but like self-defense yeah it's a fascinating art the thing that really piqued my interest was just watching sakuraba i don't know if he ever really called himself a catch wrestler wrestler but he trained with um who was it um billy robinson right mm -hmm. yes yeah he trained with billy robinson he had like a really solid what was it freestyle i think he was like a freestyle wrestler in college place in like the states i think something he he was a pretty high-ranking amateur wrestler in japan and had like a really solid foundation and i mean he was the gracie hunter mm -hmm. you know he beat all those gracies and he beat everybody for a while and he was undersized for a lot of those fights and that just i've always been like a huge fan of sakuraba and in some ways like i just kind of wanted to capture some of that style in Milagro's fighting style and just have an excuse to like have this, like, you know, just explore catch wrestling a little bit more. Yeah, actually it's, it's really great that you bring that up. Hopefully this is not too out of the, out of the blue, but, but so you mentioned that even though Sakuraba had freestyle training, it was like the catch wrestling that kind of gave him that advantage over the Gracies. Um, then there's this other story um, for those of you who might not know this, like, uh, you know, we have like the two brothers, Dave Schultz and Mark Schultz. And uh, so two great American freestyle wrestlers. One, unfortunately, was murdered by John DuPont. So it's like a really famous story. But Mark in his in his kind of like semi or, or was biography or kind of semi biography where they talk, he called Foxcatcher. They made it into a movie that wasn't necessarily so accurate to the book, but in the book he talks about uh trying uh jujitsu and you know being able to pin everybody but then ultimately getting submitted and that's what kind of turned him on to learning jujitsu right but i think that kind of is a big illustration of how catch wrestling is different where we have one of the best in the United States at freestyle and getting submitted and then and writing about it and how he realized at that moment that uh without the submissions that he's he's like that that's ultimately like a, a weakness or like a big hole in the game so but you have someone who has the with catch wrestling or so successful against all these other styles right so i think that is also why we can see uh in milagro that you know he can use 
the wrestling for pro wrestling or for sport, but then also even for self-defense? Well, it's really interesting. Like these, these wrestlers coming out of uh, Dagestan, right? Like mm -hmm. Khabib, Islam, they have like the solid wrestling foundation, right? But mm -hmm. those guys, I guess, get a lot of their submissions from judo and sambo. Um, but they still have that like wrestling approach, the top control, like all those basic wrestling principles. They use a lot of printing, uh, pinning principles. You know, I've seen you do breakdowns on like Khabib and like how he pins guys down. And I've seen you to, uh, make videos on Danaher talking about the importance of pinning. So just that was something that I wanted to have translate in this style. Like uh, people that are more into martial arts will, will probably pick up on that, like his top game, how he approaches the bottom, the submissions that he chooses to use, how he uses them in different situations. Um, that was, yeah, I definitely, in a lot of ways, like it's almost like an esoteric art, right? Like not a lot of people know it, right? Not a lot of people train it. It's not as readily available as like jujitsu or judo or some of these other arts. So yeah, I, I just thought it would be like this neat kind of thing to explore in like this fictional world it was kind of based in japan in a lot of ways yeah no well i definitely thank you for for including that including including catch wrestling because in a way that, that it makes it accurate so it's like you know that uh uh you know pro wrestling has its roots in catch wrestling and that's what spread around the world and influenced the world but it's so crazy kind of like how you're saying where it's like its influence is seen like all over the world but like a lot of people don't know the root, right? Or they don't, it's, it's there, but it's kind of invisible at the same time. One thing I do want to explore too, like with, with some of the backstories, there's like indigenous styles of wrestling in like Northern Mexico too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's all kinds of, um, uh, basically there's like, you know, all up and down the, the Americas, you'll, you'll find some, uh, really interesting styles. Yeah. I, I'd like, I don't, I don't, I've never seen really anything on it. Like it'd be cool if somebody did like a documentary or something on, on that. But um, yeah, I, I definitely, that's something else. You know, there, there's, there's a bit of a nod to like indigenous cultures in Milagro and, and some traditions in Mexico and things that, um, that were alluded to that, um, that are some other things I'd like to explore as well. Um, but yeah definitely like different grappling styles and and like yeah i mean it's it's pro wrestling like there was a time when pro wrestling pretty much was catch right like it was like its own sport its mm -hmm. own art kind of like boxing you know boxing is a sport and an art and that or at least that's how i always thought about it right yeah no that that's exactly right where it's like it's called pro wrestling nowadays but back back in the back in the day pro wrestling was actual the actual professional version of wrestling where uh it was an actual contest where you can win by pinner submission and unfortunately even like say like the great wrestling historian mike chapman he often kind of gives a date you know basically around world war one uh the majority of the matches were predetermined right to put it nicely right so um so it, it kind of it went predetermined quite early on which um which is you know which i i think it's really sad but the, it's, but then you see nowadays we still have like pro wrestling so then now people just they they get this weird confused notion as to what wrestling is and or even like um the other thing that kind of it, it, it doesn't necessarily annoy me too much, but I hear it all the time where it's like people are calling freestyle and folk style wrestling like this is real wrestling, which indeed it is a true style, true wrestling, real wrestling styles. But they both came from catch wrestling. And a long time ago, the those those styles would be called amateur. And then if you did catch wrestling where you learned all the submission holds, that would be pro. And that'd be the one of the main differences between a professional and an amateur where, you know, like the you're, you're not as a professional you're playing to actually like beat somebody and then the amateur might be you know going for a pin or points or whatever because they had uh they had those like point systems and shorter time limits and no submissions and whatnot but uh there was a real difference and the professional wrestler was more dangerous right yeah no I, that 
you hear a lot of like those stories from like carny wrestling and those types of things um yeah i i mean it's kind of like a lost art you know and i would imagine too is wrestling like evolved more to like performance art mm-hmm. rather than actual competition the training evolved more towards performance art right but yeah. then even like in like the wwe or whatever they started doing like more mma type holds like you started seeing like arm bars and all kinds of like you know jujitsu style arm bars and i don't know like things that look like the guard or whatever you know um so i don't know it seems like it kind of goes back and forth sometimes yeah i think so especially with the rise of mma then i think they had to kind of uh uh you know, add a little, little, little bit of those elements, and then what? Then they brought in Ronda Rousey and all that too. So then they brought in more of arm bars and all that. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Like it, you know, guys started throwing like more. Well, but that was always kind of a, a a thing too. Like there were always guys like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, like these like incredible martial arts looking guys that could throw like kicks and. You know make it look really flashy or whatever that that's that's always kind of been part of the tradition as well you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, uh, those are the things that still make it somewhat more uh like exciting or even believable uh, so i think there's always been that element in there so so they, pro wrestling itself does have a lot of these fascinating elements and like i do know like a lot of these uh, i've met a lot of uh, pro wrestlers and so it's really interesting though to see their training even though um they might not necessarily know like even jujitsu or like you know the the martial aspect of it but a lot of the techniques are very very close to real moves and it's just they a lot of times they're trained to to help their partner out to to make it so they 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 get tossed higher or whatever but it does have like its root in uh in something real yeah and then you have stiff style you know that that whole stiff style in japan that looks pretty real you know it looks like a scripted mma fight almost you know or like script like pancrase where like who knows how many of those fights were real and how many weren't you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If, if, especially if uh, someone didn't want to lose that they there was supposed to then uh, you know they might they might have a real fight then yeah or or you know one guy putting over another guy that he could have beaten mm-hmm. yeah you know, that happened with uh who was it boss rootin and um Ah, I can't remember the dude with the incredible hair. Oh, is it? Was it Shamrock? <laughs> no, no, it was. Uh, I can't remember his name. Hmm. He was. Uh, yeah, he beat Shamrock. Ah, man, I wish I could remember the name. If anybody in chat knows, um, yeah. And then Boss beat him later on, but um, ah, he had like this incredible hair, like a almost like a mullet kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome! We'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to let's go ahead and do a, a YouTube search right now for it. <laughs> All right, hold on. Now I gotta find out. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody who's interested in the Milagro, um, the graphic novel here, so the the link will be below in the description. So it'd be for Milagro Héroe de las Calles. So even though the the title is in Spanish, right? It's in English. <laughs> There's English inside, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a, yes, yes. It's written in English, but we do we did have like a Spanish version that was coming out. That was actually translated from uh, somebody who lived in Mexico City. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that or how many people ordered that, but um, that is something that we did have. Like we wanted again, we just wanted to try to have as much to to represent you know like like mexico and and give them just something to read you know because like i i don't know if there's really any comic books quite like this um even like just like with latinos in general you know yeah i i I kind of agree because a lot of times like we still have like a lot of the marvel stuff that's like dominating so then you'll get like instead of like a story of like real people like milagro you'll get a story of a a superpowered Latino or something, or, or, you know, so that's kind of what we're getting uh, with, you know, people of color, right? We're getting a superpowered person of color. Or like the billionaire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the billionaire that's got like all the machines and all. Yeah, that was, that was really important too. I wanted to like have people, just people that like were part of a community, you know, that, that 
that kind of worked regular jobs that weren't like billionaires and had to make with the resources that they had, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just rely on their wits and, and their own courage and, and whatever they had available to them. And, uh, you know, no billionaires, no superpowers, none of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And ultimately they find what the true power in community, right? When people work together, you can accomplish a lot of things. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even there is a central character, but it's, it's very much like an ensemble kind of thing. You know, the, these characters are stories all kind of intertwined. Um, they all come together as part of the story and their story all contributes to like what, you know, where we eventually end up at the end. All right. Great. Well, that sounds great. So is there anything else that you, you feel comfortable sharing about the story or, uh, or even about your process or anything? Um, I'm big on outlining, you know, um, one thing that I, I mentioned this before, like, uh, somebody else asked me about that. Um, there's two things that I use that work for me. There was, um, how to write a screenplay in 21 days was a big help. Um, and like uh, Dan Harmon's story circle, which has like eight different beats, uh, which works really well for smaller pieces, like, you know, like, like individual issues of comics. Even though this is a, a graphic novel, it was the way it was like intended was just like a three issue arc, you yeah. know, so that tends to help out quite a bit and just kind of immersing myself in, you know, different things. Like one, one thing that I did was to make sure that I read Mexican authors, um, preferably from um, Mexico City. Uh, there was one, uh, Valeria Lacelli, a collection called Sidewalks, um, that she, you know, like all these different like essays that she wrote about Mexico City. Um, another one was uh, Guadalupe Natal, Beozar, just um, different short stories that all kind of took place in Mexico City, and the poet Octavio Paz. Mm. Those you know, it was important to like read stuff from Mexican writers and just try to get as much of that in the stories as possible too. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well then, uh, yeah. Is there any way people can get in contact with you at all? Do you have any social media or are you just like, no, I'm still <laughs> working on that. I, you know, I, I'm terrible with that, man. I am still learning all of that. Um, yeah. No, I don't have anything. I don't even have a Facebook page for this name. Like, obviously, I have to use a different name when I write this stuff. Some of the stuff in there gets, um, you know, it, it gets a little graphic, and sometimes employers don't always appreciate that kind of thing. So, um, but no, I, I have to get all of that. All right. Actually, I have one comment from Pelon here. So, are you ready to? You're cool with answering a question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course, man. Okay, so Belon asks, without giving too much away, how deep into the story of Milagro do you go given the opportunity? Or would you go? Or do you think you can go given the opportunity? But so Belon, does that mean like um, like if he's able to if Guillermo's able to make more issues or Oh, I love the character. Oh, any opportunity I get to make more, I'm gonna make more. You know. Yeah, whenever Matt says, let's do it again, I'll do it, well, I'm there. I'm already starting to work on outlining the next arc. I actually had an idea for another arc, but I feel like this one will help me earn a third arc, like the arc that I plan to do next. There needed to be like a transitional storyline to answer some questions and set up what I want to do with the other one. So I'm already like thinking like a couple story arcs down the road. And I'm already outlining the second one and just have a bunch of ideas stored in a file for the third one. So, yeah, given any opportunity to do more, if there's any interest or any chance to do more, I'm all in. All right. Yeah. So, Belon says, yeah, could this be an anthology? I hope so. Yeah. That would be yeah. nice. I mean, it depends how many people want to see more, you know? All right. So, Paul Cherry, so a hero with a thousand faces is a good book and may be of some use. Yep. Joseph Campbell. Yeah. No, it's it's a great book. I love the hero's journey, but I think it has, I think it has like twelve different beats for twenty-two page. You know, for like your average comic book issue. You know, some some are longer or whatever. But still, just having those eight beats. 
for me gave me enough to work with. And plus that story circle is, is kind of like a condensed version of the hero's journey that Dan Harmon created that I, I think he might've made it just cause like he worked with a lot of like half hour, 23 minute TV episodes. And it just fits really nicely with like individual issues of comics. But yeah, no, that Joseph Campbell's Heroes of a Thousand, Hero with a Thousand Faces is definitely a great book. George right. Lucas used that a lot for Star Wars, I believe. Yeah. Actually, do you want to kind of explain what the hero's journey is for for people who, who might not know and might be interested? Um, so Joseph Campbell was like a psychologist, I believe, and uh, like a Jungian. And he came up with this idea that like there were universal aspects to a story, right? And he had this thing that he called the hero's journey. And I don't remember each and every one of the beats, but the hero, like like Star Wars, like, you know, Luke Skywalker's on Tatooine, you know, no spoiler alerts here because everyone's seen it by now. But, um, you know, like uh, eventually he is going to go like, you know, become like this rebel or whatever. And then he decides he doesn't want to do it. And then he has to do it because his aunt and uncle are killed. And all these different things happen, right? And th these are like universal things that are, part of his story so these are these are um like the hero's journey and this story circle that it's based off of are known as narrative structures and there's different ones that writers use to make sure that they get like all their beats together another one is like save the cat that's pretty popular that one has like 15 beats just you know for just for me like you, whatever works for somebody is um is what I would recommend, like explore them all if they're interested in writing. But the one that's worked for me for comics and short stories, the best so far has been a combination of like that cheesy, like how to write a screenplay in 21 days, which isn't really that cheesy. It's just really practical. Um, and then that um, that story circle by Dan Harmon, which is based off the hero's journey. Oh, nice. Actually, that sounds great. So for anybody, it sounds like we have people like Paul who comment, who made that comment where it's like, I think some people are interested in like how to actually do this or how like the, the, the craft of writing. So I know it's a wrestling channel or whatever, but, but, um, uh, you know, if, if anybody's interested in this stuff, I mean, we don't always have to only talk about wrestling. All right. So you have another question or, or go ahead. Do you say something? No, no, no. Um, no, I, Thank you for for letting us talk about this stuff. I mean, like I, I geek out about this as much as I do the wrestling. Like there there is definitely comics is its own thing, right? Um, you have the reality of what can fit on the page, how many panels you can have on the page. You have what you see in your mind, and then you have what actually fits on the page, and then you have the artist's input. So you, for me, writing the comic book scripts is almost like a blueprint, right? Um, you have to have the basic aspects of the story the basic events and the beats and you have to leave some space for a guy like ross just to rock out and do whatever the hell he wants to some degree you know to make like there's an image in the story of um a bird do you know what i'm talking about Roel? yeah yeah and that was ross i didn't write that i didn't write it until like the very last time you see it like that was all ross that was ross's mm. idea and you know i when you're working with like a killer artist it's really or two killer artists you know what matt did with the colors like if you just pick up the book and page through it the colors just pop out you know and that alone that that just catches people's attention right away and um you have to leave room for those guys to be able to do the things that they want like one thing that matt requested in the third chapter was like can you do something at night because he wanted to play around with like lighting and colors and things, you know, and things that happen in that last chapter that add to the night. And um, so I wrote something that included the night. You know, I found a reason to include the night. Like you just want to have all that stuff available when you're working with these artists. Yeah, I think also too, like, like because this is kind of like a three three chapters in one, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so since we're talking about story. And a lot of times it's about getting the the reader or the viewer, like if it's animation or whatever, like to want to uh, see like what happens next. And I think that's that's what happens in Milagro because it almost like you know it's just you know you just you just continue reading. And in this case, since it's all in one volume, you know you just continue reading it. But it's like you want to continue reading it. You want to see what happens next. But if it was like a like a 
one chapter a week or something kind of like that you know i think you've you you kind of have this for a successful comic because this, this is actually what happens in japan like they have like a big uh weekly uh like a lot a lot of these really famous mangas and stuff they'll have like a weekly chapter and mm-hmm. I, I heard that like they get voted on right so like some uh the the ones that have the best storytelling they'll they'll actually survive right the ones that <laughs> don't have a good storytelling then sometimes they'll, they'll get canceled so th- there is like a there's a real craft to making someone want to continue finding out the story in the chapters the two chapters at least the first two chapters there's definitely like not necessarily like cliffhanger cliffhangers um but there's definitely things that like make you wonder what the hell is going to happen next like that was very much by design um yeah and that's that's just one of the strengths of, of writing comics that's something that we all grew up with like you you know you you you'd finish like an individual issue and set up the next one and you were like left wondering like here in the states like you'd be left wondering for like a month what the hell happened to spider-man or whoever you know yeah yeah oh, there's another question here okay so pelon pelon asks uh second question have you incorporated any techniques raul showed into your own grappling game i don't have a grappling game right now and have it for a while but i need to um i was actually training wrestling with a friend of ours um but the pandemic kind of picked up again. I injured my back, then I injured my knee. I'm getting old. Um, I need to take better care of myself. But yeah, I need to get back into my grappling game. And I have, I've, I did like, sh- like the closest thing I came to anything like that. I would kind of shadow wrestler wrestle or like try to follow the techniques on my own. Just try to get grips and things. You know, kind of like, you know, shadow boxing, I guess, without a partner when I was writing this stuff, just to try to write it accurately, just to make sure that I had like, you know, I, I would, one of the things that there's a, there's one of the panels that I'm really proud of that um, there's a, oh, I wish I could give it away, but there's a detail that Ross got that um, essentially defends a punch, let's say. And just this one little detail, just, you know, it, it made all the difference. Right. Um, so I tried to get as much of that as I could on my own, but now that the pandemic's starting to die down, yeah, I do plan to start grappling again, and I do plan on incorporating catch into it as much as I can. All right, we have another question. Are you ready? <laughs> or we have yeah, another yeah. comment. All good. <laughs> so Paul Cherry asks, um, also perhaps if you're going for an anthology, and you are doing it from the Mexican perspective you could add the concept of the 21 paths of each orisha for different characters they could embody the architect of each orisha do you know about that no keep writing about it paul cherry so that <laughs> so you know we could... the orishas no i don't i've never heard that before sounds pretty cool though it sounds like the 36 chambers of death or something but like yeah, yeah, totally. So, Paul, keep on, uh, keep on type, type like the wind, so that <laughs> we can figure out what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it, the thing about Mexico is that people don't realize how culturally diverse it is. I mean, there's several languages spoken there. It's not just. And that's the other thing. It's like um, uh, I think maybe many people in the United States, like maybe many English monolingual people, don't realize that. Um, uh, the reason why a lot of people south of south of the U.S. border speak Spanish is not because it's their native language. It's right. it's the language of the the people who did the conquest there. So the colonizer tongue. Yeah. 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 So there's all kinds of languages. Just even in, actually, um, right, just even in California itself, right? We have several different languages that were spoken here by different people same thing with mexico same thing all the way down to antarctica right or the the tip of south america cool any word on that 21 what is it 21 catch was the 21 catch wrestlers that's gonna the orisha o-r-i-s-h-a so paul said he's gonna he's gonna try to write it up but he's a slow writer so but we could talk about other things though too. 
uh, in the meantime, Paul. So if anybody else, if anybody else has any questions, feel free to chime in. Yeah, um, it was. I'm curious about them. I've never heard of that. Oh, he said it's part of Santeria. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, there's um. I don't want to give too much away, but there, we allude to like um, indigenous practices in Milagro. We were talking about that earlier, Raul. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah, it's definitely spelled out in a couple panels. I don't know. I don't know how many people. I, I don't personally see how you could miss it. I mean, it's pretty much right there and like talked about but yeah there there are definitely some um some practices there yeah so we have pelon chiming in says yeah paul mexico mexico city or the df has a large african cuban religious tradition the biggest botanica in mexico is in the in mexico city or the distrito federal the df hmm and then, one thing I will say is where the the a bulk of the story takes place in a district called Iztapalapa in Mexico City. Um, I picked it because it was like I think it, at the time, and I, I don't know if it still is. I started writing it in 2017, but at the time it was the poorest district in Mexico City. Um, and again, poverty definitely plays like a part in the story. All right, so all right, we'll wait for a couple more questions, but um, yeah, so in the meantime, just let everyone know if you're interested in actually purchasing the 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 book, the link is below uh, in the description. So feel free. actually, uh, you're you're telling me that it's almost sold out, right? Or yeah, we are almost out. There's um, Ross has a couple copies left. There's a couple copies. There's a few copies left at a place called Boulder Inc. Uh, in Boulder, Colorado, or not Boulder. Excuse me. Um, Time Warp Comics. Boulder Inc. is a tattoo shop. Sorry. Uh, Time Warp Comics uh, in Boulder, Colorado, has a few, and then I think that's just about it. Um, yeah, there there aren't that many left. Like we did not. I did. That's something I never even like considered. Was like running out. You know, I wasn't even sure we were going to get funded. Mm. much less like worrying about running out of copies wow that's amazing like congratulations that's that's awesome thank you yeah yeah i'm not ready for it like i didn't have i don't have a website we're running out of copies like we're just you know we weren't completely ready for this yet do you have like a digital copy of it there like a pdf kind of that you could that you would sell or so i think Matt's trying to figure out a way to do that. That involves like getting like a web store and all this stuff. That that's something that I, I believe he's working on. That yeah, as far as like the Kickstarter, all those types of things, Matt handled all of that, hmm. which is pretty cool. He wanted just Ross and I just to focus on creating the comic. Um, but I think I'm pretty sure he's still trying to figure all that out. And I, I'm I'm hoping we get like a second edition. You know, I, I think. There's enough people that have shown some interest that, that maybe we could do another one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, then uh, all all the more reason to actually make a website for it. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I. We definitely got to make a website. There's there's things that we definitely have to do. No. No doubt about that. Yeah. Well, hopefully this this uh, live stream lit the fire for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. No. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. No. I. I just. Um, you know. I, I was just so focused on. Just trying to write this and i just never thought about any any other parts of it you know i i, I kind of had like tunnel vision i just wanted to get the story down and you know focus on trying to set up uh, future storylines too you know just even even though i wasn't sure if we would get this one done so yeah i, I definitely gotta get better with that kind of stuff yeah well they would all the, well, all the more reason to be confident now right people not only crowdfunded you without knowing the story, and then now that you know, like you, you're almost you've almost run out of copies. So, yeah. so be confident now and continue. Yeah, no, I, I would love to. Um, there's a lot more catch wrestling to be explored too. 
you know, there, there's all kind you can, you can get into like the crazy training montages and sequences and things like that, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, like I, I definitely drew from like a lot of like old time, like fight manuals. Um, who was Farmer Burns had like a really good catch or like had like an old, like catch mail order thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think, yes. Yeah. I think I was like looking through that. Um, I was definitely looking through like Jack Dempsey's book. Um, I was definitely like going through your escape series uh, mm -hmm. on YouTube. I can't remember which one I actually ended up using. Um, I think it was from from the turtle. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I hope we get a chance to do more. All right. Okay. I hope so. So, um, I don't mean, I don't want to hold you up much longer. We've been here for about an hour. So, uh, usually kind of call it quits around now, but is there any way that people can like, at least, I think at least Milagro has like a Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, what is the Twitter? See, I'm, like I said, I'm terrible at this. Um, Milagro comic. Yep, Milagro Comic uh, at Mil at Comic Milagro Twitter is where you can find us there, um, and people can still get copies from Ross's website, RossRadke.com, R-O-S-S-R-A-D-K-E.com. Yes, and that that link is should be in the description below. Um, so for anybody listening or watching, either you know we're on Twitch, also you know, YouTube and, or it should be in, in the description, in the, in the audio version, if you're listening to the podcast. So you should be able to just click on that. But uh, yeah, so I, well, Paul Cherry has one more comment. <laughs> so yeah. I kind of quickly mention it. So yeah, he's just, I think he's excited about where this can go. Cause he talks about like, you know, there's so many aspects to Mexican culture that, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's mentioning the different, um, socio-political demographic things where you know there's all kinds of uh, mixes between uh people who are maybe more european to people who are more indigenous and there's like a broad spectrum um, or even people from african descent or descent from other parts of the world really because where i grew up in southern california uh people were always talking about the great chinese food just south of of where i grew up in Mexicali, this so just across the border because there was a Chinese population there. So there's there's a, a big spectrum, right, in of of lives and uh, people in general in Mexico. So I'm glad uh, Paul's getting excited. So I think these are all different things that can be explored in Milagro. Oh yeah, I definitely want to explore different aspects of Mexican culture, and I definitely want to explore other parts of Mexico. Like we kept it basically to Mexico City and then a part, I don't want to give too much away, but um, a part out in uh, West Mexico um, where they eventually kind of end up. And um, that was definitely part of it. There, there are some socio-political things that are strongly alluded to um, and traditions that are strongly brought up within the story visually. Cool. So hopefully that's enough to get people yeah. interested and, uh, you know, buy in the, the graphic novel so they can find out all about it. All right. So we'll go ahead and uh, sign off. So thank you very much, Guillermo, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hopefully we can have you again when the, the next volume comes out. Well, I'm going to start training, man. I want to, I want to method actor this for the next one, you know, um, there's going to be training elements in the next one if we get a chance to do it more and yeah i want to i want to go method actor you know bust out like the you know bust out the knee pads get on the mats and uh yeah put some of this stuff to practice and just take my licks man and just take my uh my whoopings like a man <laughs> all right we'll go out there and we'll uh we'll film some of the training i tap really quick <laughs> yeah, we got to film that let's, let's, yeah. let's uh, so I'm going out to Colorado right now. <laughs> you gonna come out here to tap me out? Cool. That's right. That's right. It'll be, it'll be an honor. I do it really quick, man. <laughs> okay, cool. So if anybody needs to, so Paul, you're you're commenting. So yeah, uh, he he's just interested in maybe contacting. So 
the best way to contact would be maybe through Twitter then, right? Yeah. Find us yeah. on Twitter. Um, yeah. Kickstarter too. Um, leave a comment with, you know, I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll see the comments uh, eventually. Like these show up on YouTube, right? Yes. They show yeah. up on YouTube also. So yeah. So yeah. All right. So Paul, you will not be forgotten. You will not be forgotten, Paul. Thank you, man. <laughs> okay, so we'll go ahead and sign off. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, uh, for watching and listening. And thank you very much to our guest, Guillermo Zegarra. Take it easy, guys. Thanks. <laughs>